Have you heard you can listen to your favorite gripping investigations ad-free? Good news! With Amazon Music, you have access to the largest catalog of ad-free top podcasts included with your Prime membership. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash ad-free true crime. That's amazon.com slash ad-free true crime to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, hello. This is going to be very awkward in the beginning because I'm doing this for the first time in uh, like seven months. Hi. (laughs) Oh, it feels like it's been a lifetime since I've been able to sit down and talk to you. And boy, have I missed you all and this so much. So let's start. (laughs) See, I can't even talk. So let's start with why my absence has been so long. If you already know, this is not my full-time job. My full-time job is being the executive producer for Good Morning Quad Cities here on News 8. And in the midst of the pandemic, starting around the summertime, things were busy, busier than ever before. And it was hard to pull myself off to the side to do anything really related to this. And (laughs) believe me when I say I, I tried. I would sometimes get this burst of energy and I would file reports with police and dip my toes into investigating cases. I would write here or there, but God, all of it just never seemed like it was enough. It never felt like it was enough. Because if you've listened to other crime podcasts, which I'm guessing you have, there are scores of people who are helping with their hosts. Some of them have writers and fact checkers, co-hosts and editors, and so much more. And I don't really have that. I've had help along the way. And it's not that I don't want help or don't need help, but... A lot of this is done by me and me alone. And so I never felt like what I was doing was strong enough or informative enough. And then once again, I would have to take a back seat on the podcast because of the pandemic once more. And what was the most frustrating part out of all of that were the cases that were coming down. Man, oh man, I'm, I'm telling you, these were big cases and big updates too. And it would be great to report on them for the newscasts that I was helping produce. But man, I would sit there and be like, man, I would just love to write this up for my podcast like now. (laughs) So I've missed this, as you can tell, potentially. I don't know. But luckily now I have my own microphone and my little setup here at my house. So a lot of the work that I'm going to be doing for this is going to be in my own free time. So hopefully, hopefully, that's all I can, <laughs> that's all my guarantee. Hopefully, as we move through this year, I will be able to do this more. And that's, again, my hope at least. And if you ever hear a dog in the background, or a cat, or a husband in any of my episodes... I'm very, very sorry in advance. I cannot control this house sometimes. Chaos. Chaos galore. (laughs) But above all, I just wanted to thank you, the listener, for continuing to listen throughout this past year. I I was truly shocked to see that people were still listening 
despite not having new content dropping every other week. My plan right now is to write up a what you missed episode for some of those cases that I've covered in the past. And I've got a lot of new episodes coming soon that I'm actively working on. Uh, Some are new and developing. Some are old and you've probably never heard of them ever in your life. So since this is not a full episode and I don't want to leave it just short and sweet and to the point because it'd be only 445 for <laughs> that. Uh, I wanted to bring back the Bloody Good Book Club. If you listened, oh God, probably winter of 2019. Oh my God, has it been that long? Um, I, I brought this up with a co-host of mine or a, a co-worker of mine, Hannah Rodriguez. And so the Bloody Good Book Club, there's just been some amazing crime books and documentaries and docu-series over the past year. And I just wanted to highlight a few for you guys. So you have something to watch and listen to until I'm able to publish again, which I hope is soon. Hope it's not long. So, so starting with Netflix, a lot of people have this and there are some great diamonds streaming right now that you can go watch. Just wait until this episode is over with. Promise me that. Trial four is about Sean Ellis being wrongfully convicted in the death of a Boston cop. Very compelling, especially since this was around the time where there were a lot of CD cops within that department. His defense attorney later on, she is a powerhouse of a woman, strong and stern in her conviction to help those in need. And I was honestly impressed by her own investigation skills. And of course, the strength of Sean that he had during the 23 years he spent in prison. I promise I'm not going to spoil anything. Go watch it. Same thing with The Confession Killer. It was a great look back on Henry Lee Lucas. The news coverage that the documentarians pulled for this one is just absolutely outstanding. And I love how for the longest time, a lot of people were convinced he was this horrific killer. But at the end of the day, there's Honestly, no way in hell he could have committed all of those crimes. Or at least he said he had killed 100 people. I believe he's a narcissist and he is a killer, but not to the extent in which he played for everybody. It was totally an act. The Ripper was another absolutely fantastic piece that just came out in December, so you're not missing much. This all happened in the UK. Okay, he's the Yorkshire Ripper. I think it really helps tell a story about how women are looked at, especially when they are vulnerable and the victims of a horrendous crime. I think the preconceived notion that this guy who was clean cut, didn't get in trouble, couldn't have been a killer. And even though the cops talked to him like nine times at one point, that it still ultimately led to more women dying as a result. So crazy, crazy case. And of course, the latest being the Night Stalker all about California killer Richard Ramirez. Extremely well done. The footage though, man, brutal. And what I found shocking is not even the documentary itself, is some people online are saying it's, it's too gruesome, it's too, it's too much. Listen, when it comes to all the Ted Bundy docs that have come out, they sugar-coated what that man did. At least with the Night Stalker, they laid out that this man was a monster. 
true to its word. And I will say, we heard, we, you hear glimmers of audio from Richard himself. And I would have loved to hear more from that than the cops themselves. As compelling as they were, love to hear Richard more. Some honorable mentions, though, from Netflix. American Murder, The Family Next Door. Uh, Jeffrey Epstein, Filthy Rich. <gasps> yep, just thinking about it gets me chills again. How to Fix a Drug Scandal. Pretty fascinating on the side of the investigative work and kind of the science that goes into drug crimes. Fear City, New York versus the Mafia. Another good investigative piece. The Pharmacist. Oh, episode one made me cry like a baby. Great one. And Murder to Mercy, uh, the Centoya Brown story. It's a great one, and it's a great one because of the fact that social media helped get her out of prison. And for good reason. I'm not saying that it's a bad reason that they let her out. Hulu hasn't had much of crime on their stuff, but if you check out ABC's 2020, they have some great episodes, especially one of the latest ones about the dating game killer. Never heard of this guy before. Coast to coast type of killer. Truly a, a horrific story. And that I didn't even know about it. And my tattoo artist told me about him. And I listened to another podcast on him. So he's interesting, to say the least. I know HBO Max is a stretch for some, but they've got some great stuff out. So if you're in a binging mood and want to try just like the seven-day trial, I would recommend a few things that you can watch in a day, no problem. And it's not just crime. It's cults. And I love me a good cult. As bad as that sounds. So with that, Heaven's Gate, the cult of cults. And yes, that's what the docuseries is honestly called. When I tell you this true life story is so unbelievable, especially hearing from survivors who still believe in what was preached, shook. And if you didn't know, this group pretty much believes that aliens will save them from Earth and bring them to heaven. It's insane. It's fascinating. Just the mindset of it all is just truly stunning. From there, uh, I would also maybe watch The Vow, which is all about the Nexium cult. Yes, a new cult. Ooh. It's honestly a really, really good one about how Keith Raniere really was all about helping people at first with his inner group. And then just slowly it begins to come about men dominating women and then sex and then branding people. And then all of a sudden his closest allies were like, uh, this is not right. And they've been with him for decades and they just leave. It's a stunner. I'll leave it at that. That's all I can say. <laughs> I'm going to give too much away here. And with cults, you have to have a cult following. Mick Millions is about the insane investigation into that old Monopoly McDonald's game. If you did not grow up in the 90s, you won't know about it. You gotta watch it to understand. But this was the thing to do when you went to McDonald's. <laughs> and one man tries to rig it. He racks up millions of dollars. He convinces family members to join in. He convinces unsuspecting people who don't think it's a bad thing, who don't think it's really a crime, to get in on it too. And everything just goes absolutely sideways. It's crazy. Some other great mentions from HBO Max. Murder on Middle Beach. 
Pretty good. No full conclusion though, if you're not into that. Crazy, not insane. The only thing I will say though is, is that you really, really have to like psychology to get into it. If you don't like psych, but you like true crime, it might not be for you. The mystery of D.B. Cooper. It was about the only successful plane jacking in American history. There's like five suspects who could potentially be D.B. Cooper and all the people that know these five suspects, they are fully and totally utterly convinced that the people they know are D.B. Cooper. And they're all so true in their conviction, you don't know who it, it is. And I think that's why it's still not solved to this day. Amazon Prime also does have a few worth noting. Dear Zachary is probably the saddest documentary. Now, mind you, I didn't watch it in November. I actually watched it a few years ago, but it's finally back on. It's about a man highlighting his friend's life for that man's son, okay? And he's talking to all the people they knew and how this kid's mom and dad fell in love and how his mom would later end up killing his dad. It's messed up. It's so sad. And I'm not lying when I say I wept to that one. There's Something Wrong with Aunt Diane was a suspenseful documentary about how this woman killed her like three kids and their two cousins by essentially crashing their car on a busy highway. The family still has no clue how it could have happened when she was fine a few hours prior after spending this weekend up at this lake house that they had. It's a whole thing. It was really good, but there's no solid answers as to what happened. I don't know. You really have to watch it and see if you like it. I feel like it's a toss up. A lot of people like it. I'm on the fence about it. American Tragedy is centered around Sue Claybold, the mother of Dylan Claybold, who was one of the shooters at Columbine. It's actually pretty close to her book that she wrote a few years back that was very well done. It's called A Mother's Reckoning. It's mostly both, both the documentary and the book are just her working through coping with her son being one of the most prolific school shooters in history and how it could have happened. The documentary goes more in depth with the psychology behind a school shooter, especially because over the past 20 years since Columbine happened, uh, we've learned a lot, sadly. Uh, so it's, it, it's a good one. I think that in this day and age, especially if you're a millennial and you're into true crime, it's, it's a fascinating look. And speaking of books, because I mean, I am calling this the bloody good book club for a reason. <laughs> a Father's Story. It's similar to Sue Claybold's, but this was written two decades prior by the father of Jeffrey Dahmer. This book cost me a little, a little too much, but it's because so few copies were made, okay? He published it in 1994, right after his son was sentenced. So a lot of people thought he was trying to profit off this tragedy, these multiple tragedies that happened in and around Milwaukee. It's very fascinating, though, to see just how hard this dad worked to try to save his son. It's very obvious from a young age that Jeff, which is what his dad calls him, had just struggled and he, he didn't want that for him. He tried to find him jobs, got him into the army, places to live, the whole kit and caboodle, and then to be thrown off guard by and find out by a phone call what Jeff did to his victims. It's very hard to stomach, but it's really, it's a really good book, honestly. I blasted through that in like two days, not even. An appointment with Dr. Kevorkian, a man on a mission. 
I'll tell you what, this Armenian man, and yes, I point out he's Armenian and only my friends will really get that joke. But anyways, (laughs) he was really wanting to help people suffering from terminal illnesses by assisting them in suicide. It seems like a noble cause. A misunderstood man, honestly. But if you read into this, I gotta say he's kind of nuts. This is in the early 90s and he is just bonkers. At first, I was like, okay, why do people hate him so much? And he would get thrown injunctions and cease and desist letters and threatened with hard prison time. And yet he'd come up with more people to help die. And then he would spew some crazy stuff about prisoners and organ donation and gas, like gassing people to death and why he's not doing the same thing as like the Nazis did. I don't know. It was crazy, but it's an, oh my God, it's such a good book. Please read it. And last, uh, sorry. And last, it's not a crime book, but it's very well done. Hidden Valley Road. Now this book really dives into schizophrenia and how back in the 60s and 70s, some of the theories as to why it happens. And this book centers around the family that really helped crack open the genetics and misconceptions of this disease. This couple had 12 kids, 10 boys, two girls, and six of the boys would end up having some spectrum of the disease. There is some crime that happens in the book, not gonna say what, but it's very fascinating at looking at nature versus nurture And honestly, just how much has changed within the psychology, psychiatric world. So you really got to be into, again, that side of uh, crime, I guess you could say. So I hope you check those out and listen to those in the meantime. Until my next episode, we are covering every aspect that we know about the disappearance of 11-year-old Briasia Terrell from Davenport. Now, mind you, this is still a very active case happening so you don't want to miss this i promise i miss you guys see you soon